Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana White. I blog as Noni, which is short for anonymous, pretty much every day over at aslobcomesclean.com. I'm Noni because being a slob is my deep, dark secret. But four years ago, I started this blog to keep myself focused and get my house under control. And I figured out a lot of things as I've gone. So I share reality-based cleaning and organizing tips based on my reality and what's really going on in my house, because this is a constant struggle. And even though I figured out a lot of things, I still fail, but it's all about just picking back up and starting over again, because every single time you start over, it gets easier. So, um, I hope that you'll join me over there at aslobcomesclean.com. You can find out uh, show links or show information, links to things that I mention in this podcast at aslobcomesclean.com slash podcasts with an S uh, that will have links to different podcasts. And this is number nine. It's hard to believe I've been doing this for nine weeks now. Uh, You can also go to aslobcomesclean.com slash connect where you will find links to all of my social media channels all over the internet. So I, before I get started, I want to make sure that I do a shout out for our sponsor before I forget. Um, Cluttercleaner.com has, uh, is by Matt Paxton, who is a professional organizer from the show Hoarders. Perhaps you've heard of it. Uh, yes, cluttercleaner.com. They feature Clutter Cleaner, which is an all-purpose, non-toxic, heavy-duty cleaning product. Now, when they contacted me about sponsoring this podcast, which basically means that if you buy the products and you use my code, then I get um, a little affiliate uh, kickback, basically. Uh, But I do want to make sure that I explain that I have used these products personally, and I love them. So let me just explain a little bit about them and that is when they contact, contacted me about sponsoring my podcast, I said, um, this basically sounds like the best possible fit for me and for my readers that I could possibly imagine. Because if I had said, what would I want in a cleaning product? It would be for it to be non-scary and also able to deal with real messes, not just, you know, oh, look, there's a little bitty, you know, I just cleaned and I mean, or I just cooked. And so now I'm going to squirt something on my counter and wipe it off, even though it doesn't really look dirty. Well, you know, what about the people whose houses actually look dirty and it's really bad and you feel like you've got to have this majorly toxic stuff to even be able to tackle it? Well, most slobs are idealists. Not all idealists are slobs, but most slobs are idealists in that we kind of get paralyzed thinking, oh my word, I have got to clean this up, but it's so bad that I've got to use something toxic, but I don't want to use something toxic because I don't want that around my kids. I don't want to breathe it. I don't want to touch it. And so we end up just putting it off for even longer to where it gets worse. And then, you know, after it's gotten so much worse, then you just need something more toxic. And it's this endless cycle that we go through. So this really is ideal. I mean, Matt, worked on hoarders and he developed this product specifically because he realized that the worse the messes were, um, the more toxic the cleaning products had to be. And he wanted to develop something that he felt safe around himself and that he felt like he could use in his own home, but that would actually, you know, be able to cut through these messes that he was dealing with on the show. So he came up with clutter cleaner and, uh, it works. I've used it in my own home. I really, really, 
really like it. Uh, you can go to the show notes for this podcast number nine at a slob comes slash podcasts. And I will have on there, um, a link to my personal review, which shows some pretty nasty pictures from my own home. No, I did not search the internet for nasty pictures. I'm able to take my own all the time. Anyway, so some very, um, nasty pictures before and after to show you what it was that, that that this product was able to do. And specifically the thing that kind of made my jaw drop was I had these, um, spaces in my guest pat guest bath, which is where I, you know, generally clean a little more because that is where we send guests. Uh, but I, there was some crusty stuff, kind of mineral buildup, I'm guessing around the faucets. And I had pretty much given up on those. I mean, I had tried several products. I had been sent some products and I had said, you know, well, they didn't work on this. This is too difficult. So I really had kind of given up on that and kept thinking, well, someday I'm going to have to figure out some major, huge toxic thing to do to get rid of this crustiness around the bottom of the faucet and faucet handles. Well, I sprayed this stuff on and waited the 30 seconds to a minute and started scrubbing it with these amazing sponges that they sent me that you'll get if you use my code. Um, and the stuff actually started coming off. Now it didn't come off in 30 seconds. I had to, you know, spray it again and then work on it, but it actually came off where nothing else had even made that stuff move at all. I mean, it really was amazing. So I did want to make sure that I mentioned that. And, uh, right now, I believe it's through November. If you use the code slob S L O B, you will get free shipping, which is a savings of about eight ninety nine, I believe if you're in Canada, um, they said that they will subtract that eight or eight ninety nine, whatever it is that would be the US shipping, they will subtract that from your shipping amount. So it really is a great deal. And you can use that code to get that. It is thirty four ninety five, which is kind of expensive, but it is a year's worth of products. And they come with two spray bottles. You get the two sponges, which truly are the most amazing sponges I've ever used, ever. Um and uh anyway, so it's a great deal for a whole year's worth of what you need. And it has glass cleaner as well, which I will be reviewing on the blog soon. Okay. So today's podcast, I will be talking about how to clean a messy house and get it ready for guests. I talked about the first part of that in podcast number eight last week, um, but I'm going to share the last part of that. And we're not talking about how to pick up your house and have it ready for a party, you know, like fancy organizing people would probably tell you. I'm talking about when you look around your house and you think, I can't let anyone in through, through the front I cannot let anyone through the front door, but then you, you know, open your big mouth and you say, sure, I'll host the Sunday school Christmas party or sure, honey, uh, we can have your birthday party on, you know, at home this year or whatever, you know, you open your big mouth cause you're an idealist and you think, oh, I want to have people in my home. But then you look around and you think this is crazy. I can't let anyone see it like this. You know, that's what we're talking about is how to clean a very messy house and get it ready for guests. And if you missed podcast number eight, I do recommend you go back and listen to that because um, I talk about the first part in that. We're going to go on with part two today. Uh, But before I get to that, um, oh, and I'm also going to share with you a a few tricks for those last desperate moments because I have some good tricks that I use. Um... I'm going to talk a little bit about my week and what I've been writing about on the blog. Um, today has been crazy. I had had it in my head that today was going to be this completely normal and um, easy day where I was going to get so far ahead in my blogging that next week I, I could actually, you know, not blog and work on my book. Um, but then I went to work out this morning, which is makes this the ninth week in a row that I have worked out at least three times. And I'm planning on working out again tomorrow, which will be four for this week. But um, 
yeah, so I went and worked out and then I came home and uh, was starting my Bible study and had poured my coffee and got a call from my dentist office saying that they could fit me in because I um, broke a tooth a long time ago, like years ago. Uh, My husband and I were being silly in front of our toddler, non-talking toddler, and um, went to like give each other a big kiss and um, knocked teeth and I broke one of my front teeth. And that has been just a huge frustration because I've had it fixed multiple times and it's just in a place where it keeps breaking. Well, it broke like, I mean, it, you know, chipped off again, probably, I don't know, months and months and months ago. But for some reason, I convinced myself it wasn't that bad. I'd even asked my husband. He was like, oh, I never even noticed it until you said something. And I thought, well, maybe it's not that bad. And I'd asked a few friends and they were like, no, it really, I didn't even think about it until you said something. Well, we got a new camera and I was making a decluttering webisode. And this new camera is really good as opposed to using my iPhone for my videos like I used to do. Um, And I couldn't see my chipped tooth in the iPhone videos. But when I got this nice new camera out and I was smiling in my video and I'm looking at the video thinking, oh my word, I cannot believe no one has told me that I am like a total snaggle tooth. I mean, I'm so embarrassed that I hadn't had this fixed. So I'd call the dentist and I said, just get me in whenever. And they said, well, are you in pain? And I said, no, other than my vanity, now that I've realized how hideous I look. Anyway, so I went to, uh, when the dentist called this morning and said they could get me in, I said, uh, yeah, I'll be there right now. Where do you live? I'm two minutes away. I'll be there. So I went nasty, disgusting from my workout, but my tooth is fixed and I feel so much better. And then I had a chiropractor appointment at 10 o'clock because for some reason, this has been my week of getting appointments scheduled. Like I have put off so many things forever. I have this major pain in my neck. I have carpal tunnel and I've been meaning to go to the chiropractor and I finally scheduled it. So I thought that was going to be a quick thing. Yeah, it was like an hour and a half. Um, anyway, so this has been one of those days where, uh, all the things I thought I was going to get done, I'm not getting done, which makes me just so much more happy that I actually cleaned bathrooms on Tuesday and I got all the laundry done on Monday and I have been doing my weekly tasks so that it's not that big of a deal when I have one of these days that just don't go as planned. Um, crazy days happen. They happen to me seemingly more than most people. Um, although I'm sure it happens to everybody. So if I can keep on my schedule, then it doesn't matter as much when things get messed up by a day like today. And that's kind of what my post that's up today about is about. It's called do it now or do it later, which is a phrase that my mother said to me as a child, but obviously did not sink in because it's taken me so many years to learn it the hard way. Um, but it's just truth. You know, I thought of that Sunday afternoon as I was getting ready for our church home group that meets here at six o'clock and I had procrastinated all week last week. I, we were out of town on Monday. So when I usually do laundry on Monday instead I was doing it on Tuesday and that just threw my whole week off and then I needed to get things done. And so I just kept putting stuff off and didn't do my weekly task, like my big stuff that I need to do. I didn't do them during the week last week. And I kept thinking, well, I'll get it done Sunday afternoon. Well, guess what? I didn't really feel like doing it Sunday afternoon. And so I'd waited and waited and I read something and instead I went, okay, I've got to get the house picked up now. And I mean, let me just say it's a big deal for me to be able to put it off until an hour before it had to be done. Um, 
before I started my blog, I never in a million years would have been able to do that. I mean, I had to block out two weeks to have people into my house, but you know, I, I kept thinking, okay, I can put it off. Well, that hour was crazy and I wasn't a very nice mom or a very nice wife. And I was, everybody help me. Let's get the house picked up and let's do, you know, what we need to do before we have people over. But it just reminded me how the reason I have these daily tasks and these weekly tasks is so that things are done because you either do it now or you do it later. And if you wait to do it later, personally, I get crazy and it's not fun and I don't enjoy it, but I always glad when I did it now back then when I was supposed to do it. Um, because it just has to happen. I'm sorry. I'm not the kind of person who will let people in my house when it looks like it does um, on a normal Tuesday morning or whatever. I I do want my house to be halfway decent. Now, I my standards are different now because of this process I've gone through. And I've realized, you know what? It's more important to just have people over. Because what would happen is I just wouldn't have anyone over. And I, we would just, you know, be hermits because my house was such a disaster. Um, and now I've kind of found this happy medium of my house is so much better than it used to be because I've decluttered so much. But it also, you know, I've changed my perspective and I've realized the importance of opening my home to other people. And hey, it's not perfect. I mean, really, there's there's piles, there's multiple piles in my house that I just go ahead and have home groups, even those are even though those piles are there. Um but by doing that, I realized, you know what, I'm hopefully helping someone else realize that their house isn't that bad because they get to see my reality. So anyway, it's perspective, but it's also just um, things have helped over time. But I, I do, I have to either do it now or do it later, like it or not. Another thing I wrote about this week, which was kind of a big moment for me, was creating a new comfort zone. Because um, when you hear about getting out of your comfort zone, you know, that's kind of a big thing people talk about. I often think, I've always thought, you know, it just doesn't sound fun to be out of my comfort zone because, you know, it's like, really, is is that what life is supposed to be? To never be comfortable, to never feel, you know, at ease wherever you are. But I realized this week that it's not about being uncomfortable. It's about creating a new comfort zone in a better place in your life. For me, I thought of this as I was at the gym because like I said before, I've not said much about it because I don't want to jinx anything, but I have actually been going to the gym three days a week at the very least since school started. And this is the ninth week of that. That's kind of a big deal for me because I consistency, I really struggle with that. I've had times in my life where I worked out great. Um, but two years ago when my youngest child went to school and I decided to make blogging my business instead of just a hobby. I just assumed that it was going to be easy to get to the gym every day because I mean, come on, you know, I don't have kids at home anymore. I can just run up there, you know, oh, it just makes total sense for me to go by there after I drop the kids off. Well, I did that for a few weeks and then I stopped. And part of the reason I stopped was I wasn't seeing this huge, you know, weight loss or body change or whatever that I wanted to. Um, and I thought, well, maybe I should just work out at home. Like I did back when my oldest was a year old and I lost all that weight and I was doing Tybo at home. Maybe I should just do that, except that I didn't do that. And so instead over the last two years, I've just gained weight and, you know, being a blogger means that I sit at my computer and write after I've cleaned, but I do, I sit at my computer and write and it's a sedentary job and I have to be purposeful about 
working out. So anyway, this year I decided I don't care if I lose weight. I don't care if I um, look better, which I think I'm looking a little bit better, even though I'm not really losing much weight. Um, I just need to keep going. I just need to be consistent and go. And But going to the gym is yucky. Like I always was scared to death to go to the gym because I felt awkward. I am not a gym person. I don't consider myself that. I felt like everybody there knows what to do. They know where to go. I'm the one who has to stare at the instructions on the machine forever. Well, um, nine weeks later and I'm fairly comfortable. And I realized this when Monday morning I had a parent teacher conference for the first nine weeks for my daughter at eight ten. So I couldn't go to the gym before that. And it was about nine o'clock when I was finished and I thought, I'm going to go to the gym. Well, I went and it looked different. You know, there's different cars in the parking lot at nine o'clock than there are at seven forty. And you know, what if these are different people and I don't know these people and there's more cars in the parking lot. And what if all the, all of the three ellipticals that I feel comfortable using, what if they're all taken? And what if the room where I like to kind of hide out that's, you don't see it when you first come in and there's rarely anybody in there because it has all the easiest machines. I'm like, you know, what if that room is full and I'm not, I can't hide out and I look like an idiot. You know I mean? All these, all these insecurities came flooding back because it was different than my normal comfort zone that I had established. But I went in and it felt normal. You know, I mean, I knew what to do. I knew where to hang my keys. I knew where to sign in. And they didn't ask me like they did the first day of school. Oh, so are you a guest? No, I'm sorry. We've been paying for the last two years in addition to my husband's membership. So it's not like completely, but whatever. Anyway, so we've been paying for the last two years. I just haven't come. You know, now they know who I am and they recognized me and I didn't have to explain myself. But um, so it wasn't as as uncomfortable as it was before. And I realized, okay, this is now a comfort zone. This is a new comfort zone for me because from consistency and from learning, I have created a new comfort zone. It's not about being uncomfortable. It's about creating a new comfort zone. And it's the same thing when I started doing the dishes, when I started my blog, I know that sounds so goofy because yes, I did the dishes, but I didn't do them consistently. And there's just a whole different thing to knowing how to wash a dish versus being consistent and washing your dishes every single day, no matter how few they are or how many they are just doing it. Um, and that being a comfort zone for me, it used to be uncomfortable. This was awkward for me to, you know, just wash a few dishes or run the dishwasher when at first glance, it doesn't look to me like it would be enough, but no, I have to do this. And so getting into that routine, creating that comfort zone, So that when I am thrown off just a little bit, it's still a comfort zone that I can go back to. So how important that is to say, you know what, it's, even though it's awkward today, if I will keep doing it, it's not going to be awkward forever. And then I'll benefit from it being a new comfort zone. Okay. Other things I wrote about this week, wasting time because I tried to save it. Yeah, this is the story of my life. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that I had seen the little red lid to a, um, little automatic soap dispensing brush that I have. I'm pretty sure I had seen that red lid had fallen off and that it was in the sink, but I probably thought, oh, well, you know, I don't really want to stick my hands in there and pick that up right now because I should wait until I'm actually dealing with stuff in the sink because then I'd have to wash my hands twice. That way I'd only have to wash it once. And, you know, I I have all these neurotic things that go through my head. So uh, I didn't, I didn't deal with the issue right then because I didn't want to waste my time. And instead, later when I was running the garbage disposal 
I hear something crunching and that awful sound that you hear and I had to turn it off and I stuck my hand down in there, which is about my least favorite thing to do ever. Um, stuck my hand down in the garbage disposal and pulled out all 12 broken pieces of red lid. Uh, you know, so it took me way more time than it would have just to move that lid when I first saw it, but I didn't. And so then I had to waste time. Um, and that's just kind of how it goes. Um, you know, do you, do you remember that commercial? I don't know if it was a national commercial or not, but it was the one where, um, the guy has been working on the garbage disposal or something. And he has his hand stuck in it. And this lady walks in and she goes, Oh, you fixed the garage door or you fixed the ceiling fan. And she flips on this. She goes to flip on this light. And this look of panic comes through his head that commercial, because he's thinking, Oh my word, I hope I fixed it correctly. And she's not about to turn on the garbage disposal with his hand in it. That commercial freaks me out. Ha ha. It's funny, but mostly it just totally freaks me out. Anyway. Um, yeah. So that's the kind of reason why I hate sticking my hand down there. And I have to like take this deep breath before I do that. But it's what I had to do because I thought I was saving time to not deal with the red lid right then. Um, other things too, I decluttered my glasses cabinet, which I actually did on the first day of school, but I hadn't posted about it because I had a webisode that I had filmed and, uh, or had recorded and needed to, um, get that webisode edited and all that. So it's all these layers of procrastination, but basically I got new glasses for Christmas in 2012 and I didn't put them in the cabinet until, um, August of 2013 because, you know, that would mean running an extra load of dishes and (laughs) that rocks my world. So anyway, I did get that, um, finally done and that post is up there. And if you are personally decluttering your house, Perhaps you would want to go watch my decluttering webisodes on youtube.com slash a slob comes clean on my channel. I have different things, but mostly it's decluttering webisodes. And that means I video myself doing decluttering projects around my house. And, um, I use the rules that I have that I've personally come up with, um, for how to work through my clutter. I use those personally. So you get to see those in action. Um, and those decluttering, uh, strategies are all in drowning and clutter which is my ebook, uh, on decluttering. And, uh, they're also on the blog. So I will link to those in the show notes for show number nine. Okay. So how to clean a messy house and get it ready for guests. <sighs> well, let's see. How do you do that? Basically, like I said, we're not talking about getting your house picked up for a party. We're talking about when you feel like, Oh my word, there's no way I can have anyone over ever. Instead, um, you know, being ready to to have people in your house. So we talked last week about prioritizing the rooms, um, being realistic about how much time that you have to spend. Uh, and the main goal for prioritizing rooms is not, um, so that you can, it's not, basically it's to keep yourself from focusing on the rooms that even aren't even on the list because there is something strange that happens to people who are overwhelmed in their home. I know this from experience, but we tend to go spend forever cleaning and organizing a room that no one is ever going to see like the, you know, linen closet or the, um, the garage or, you know, what some place or the laundry room, someplace that people are not going to go. And if they go, oh, well, maybe you will get to that, but at least you'll have the rooms done first. Cause what I would do is I would spend forever working on the laundry room. And then the day before would think, oh, I can't have anyone over cause the rest of my house is still a total disaster. So 
Um, it's about being realistic and helping you prioritize with that. We talked about um, picking up trash first because that's a mental thing that will help you go through your room your house room at a time and, you know, be realistic about things and then, uh, decluttering some strategies for that. We're not talking about the down and dirty deep decluttering. We're talking about the surface decluttering just so you can get to the point where you're ready to clean and have people over. Um, and then we talked about cleaning the kitchen because that's the reality. People congregate in the kitchen. Most women will want to help you in the kitchen and that's what they want to do when they walk in. So you need to have it clean. And that is one of those places personally where I like to have it very clean so that when someone is really helpful and, you know, opens up a cabinet, they are, you know, my, my silverware drawer, whatever. Uh, when they open that up, I'm not horribly embarrassed because, you know, people think they're being helpful. And so they start opening up every drawer so they can find something without asking you. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Clean the bathrooms. Yes, absolutely. Got to clean the bathrooms because people use bathrooms, like it or not. How many people are going to be in your house? Are they spending the night? Are we talking about needing to have every shower available? Or is it okay to have, um, you know, your master bedroom closed off or not? You know, because I'm all about locking that master bedroom door. That's one of my, it's one of my tricks that I use, um, is to lock the door so that people can't get in and I can have a place to hide things at the last minute. But if you need that, you know, that's part of that prioritizing, but cleaning the bathrooms. If you feel overwhelmed with cleaning your bathrooms, I have a checklist on my website that I created for my children. Uh, when I was uh, having the summer of clean teaching kids to clean, I created a checklist that was based on a camp where I worked when I uh, was a teenager my ADD personality absolutely loved the fact that they would say, okay, go clean the bathrooms. But then there was a detailed list of you do this and you do this and you do this. And it's the order that you do things in. And I think the list is like 26 items long. So if you personally need, uh, just some guidance in cleaning the bathrooms, I will link to that bathroom cleaning checklist, which I say it's for kids, but it's for anybody. I mean, everything that you need to do, because it's really important to know the order of doing things in the bathroom, because obviously you don't want to clean the toilet and then clean the faucet. You know, you got to kind of go from least dirty to most dirty, uh, but cleaning the bathrooms well, and then checking them for clutter daily, which is part of the whole 28 days to hope for your home habits. Um, wiping them down on a somewhat regular basis and re-cleaning them once a week until your event, because, um, you know, getting that big deep clean out of the way so that it's easy to clean, consistently and having a bathroom cleaning day until the actual event gets there. Um, and then clean the rooms in order of priority. That's step number seven in this list of how to clean a messy house. Um, you've already trashed, you've decluttered, but that's what has to be done before you can clean. Okay. So we straighten and then we put everything in place and then we tackle the above and beyond what should be daily cleaning tasks that you wrote down back in step two, which is things like, um, dusting the ceiling fan or, uh, you know, baseboards, that kind of stuff. It's keeping yourself on track. Cause to me, I can get totally consumed with cleaning baseboards and the rest of the room is a complete disaster. So talking yourself through prioritizing how to go about spending your energy, cause that's ultimately what it's all about is how are you going to spend the limited energy and the limited time that you really have? Then we dust, we vacuum and clean the floors because clean floors make your house look clean. That's what a normal person told me one time. And then repeat, um, 
basically, uh, I explained last week how I, this was how I did things, um, back when, uh, my house was a complete disaster all the time. So I would focus on, you know, getting the house clean from top to bottom. And, uh, I had to start early, you know, and, and for me that one year when my house was a complete wreck, I was very depressed about how bad it was. And yet I was having Thanksgiving for the whole family, uh, at my house. I, um, you know, spent the entire fall working on my house. So it was go through these steps and then go through them again and then go through them again. Because the first time you work through them is going to take the longest. The second time you work through them is amazingly so much easier. Okay. But another way you can look at it is work through these and then stick with weekly cleaning tasks until, um, the actual event gets there. Okay. So this can be expanded or contracted, um, to any level. So I promised you a few tricks that I would give you. Um, basically my point is to do what you need to do. Sometimes you're not going to have time to deep clean every single bit of your house before people come over. It's just not reality. Uh, but doing the best that you can, getting the clutter out of there, getting the black trash bag and getting the trash out of there, dusting and vacuuming because your main goal is for people to be comfortable. People are not comfortable if you're totally stressed out and exhausted from having cleaned, but people also aren't comfortable in a dirty house either. So it's, it's making that your focus and realizing, okay, I've got to do things to a level where people will be comfortable in here, but not to a point where I'm so completely exhausted and so stressed out that I can't enjoy having guests over because I'm so worn out. Um, they're not going to be comfortable with that either. And other people are the focus when you're practicing hospitality. Um, but I'm also all for cheating if you need to. I know when my husband had his 40th birthday party, which I'm about to be 40 this year and he's seven years older, so it's been a while. Um, but when he had his 40th birthday party, I cleaned and I cleaned and I cleaned. And then I hired a maid to come in the day before the party because I needed that. That was, that was what I needed to be able to function and to be able to cook for the party and do everything I needed. I needed to know that somebody was going to come in at the last minute with their eyes, not my eyes and get things, you know, surface cleaned. Now I had already decluttered and I had already trashed and I had already done a lot of the big work, but I needed this person to come in. So I'm all for saving up the money, making that part of your party budget if you have to. And, you know, hire somebody to come in and do that last cleaning just to give you peace of mind if that's what you need. Because that's what I had, did need at the time. Um, other tricks are stick those last dirty dishes um, in the cabinet under the sink. And, or stick them in a box and put them in your trunk or out in the garage. I know that sounds crazy, but... That was actually my mother's advice. I think I was in college and had an apartment and was stressing over people coming over. And she said, you know, it's okay to stick dirty dishes in a box and stick them in your car. Now, this is my mother whose house is always open for people to come in. I mean, she's, I've never, she says she struggles with all this stuff, but from what I observed growing up, she doesn't. I mean, she really, I've never felt uncomfortable bringing people into her house. Um, cause it was always under control, but I mean, that was her advice to me. And basically it was do whatever you need to do to be able to function. Um, a lot of times, like I said before, when I was talking about the clutter cleaner, um, you tend to be, um, 
an idealist and think, well, I shouldn't have to do that. But the truth is, if that's what you need to do to make your party happen, then do what you need to do. So, um, you know, stick in that last load of laundry that you just have no, you don't have time to fold it. You have no idea where to put it. Go put it in your trunk and lock your trunk. Um, and then one of my best tricks that I ever found, and this is kind of for a party, but not really, um, my father-in-law was coming to spend the night and I was so proud that the majority of my house was under control and that I really felt like I could have him come over because it was kind of a last minute thing. And this is when I first started the blog, but my master bedroom was a disaster and he was going to get here and then we were going to have to leave to go to a football game, but he was coming through for something. And so he was like, Oh no, I just need a place to spend the night. So he was going to be here by himself and I thought, okay, my house is under control and I'm okay with him. But I had this incredible fear of him opening up the master bedroom door. So what I did was I, it was night and I turned off the light. Like we have a, a switch to flip that um, turns on the ceiling fan, but you can turn off the light separately. It's kind of an older ceiling fan. Yeah. I turned off the light. So that if he happened to open up our master bedroom, master bedroom door and flip on the light, he wouldn't be able to see inside of our room. And I somehow felt like that would make it better. I can't imagine why he would even look in our master bedroom, but cause he's really, he doesn't care, but, um, that was my little trick. So, you know, remove the light bulbs from the room where you don't want them to see so that if they switch on the, you know, flip on the switch, then they won't see anything. And I know that's a ridiculous thing, but I guess my point is it's really okay to just do whatever you need to do to be able to function and have people in your home. So, and that's what I've learned. Don't forget too, that there is a printable version of the 10 steps that I had in how to clean a messy house. Um, there's also a printable worksheet for you to use to prioritize your rooms and your tasks. So, um, you can make sure you go there. And I've got lots of free printable checklists at aslobcomesclean.com. And I will link to the page that has a list of all of those in the show notes for podcast number nine. I have thoroughly enjoyed this. I've gone over 30 minutes. Um, and I thank you so much for joining me again. This is podcast number nine clutter cleaner that I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, the code, if you wanted to go straight to cluttercleaner.com, the code for free shipping is slob, S-L-O-B, and you can use that to get your free shipping, um, but I will also have a link to my review of the product and to cluttercleaner.com from the show notes for podcast number nine. Thank you so much for joining me, and I will talk to you next week. Bye.